Okay, hello everyone and, and welcome to uh, the latest episode of Things We Find Interesting and a little bit of an interesting one we're going for today. This will be our first time that we're trying a little bit of a different format and we go for a bit more of an interview. Um, we're joined by Pez, if you remember him from a, a couple of episodes again um, and we're going to talk about one of the really interesting things in, in Pez's past which hopefully you guys will find um, quite an interesting topic to learn about and there'll be some perhaps some interesting discussion points as well. Um, what this is about is something that Pez did a while ago is um, when he competed at quite a, a senior level um, in the European Championships of powerlifting. Um, I'll, I'll let him explain a little bit about more what that means, um, but we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk interestingly about how kind of psych- psychology and strength go together in the, in the training and the competition for something like that, um, and some of his reflections from 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 competing at quite quite a high level in that sport. So, Pez, give us a, a, an idiot's guide powerlifting what is that how does that different differ to different types of weightlifting or, or, or similar type strength sports yeah so powerlifting then so all it comp- uh, comprises of is three basic lifts so that's the squat uh, bench and deadlift and that is it so there's a difference between powerlifting and uh, like weightlifting weightlifting is kind of what you see in the Olympics powerlifting is like kind of the grey great sport not really a lot of, a lot of people know about uh, but just looked at the fundamental uh, concept of just uh, squat bench and deadlift and that is it throughout the sport um, competing wise when you go on the platform um, when you compete you just get you have three attempts at lifting a weight uh, so you only lift that weight three times uh, for each category of or d- uh, discipline you go into uh, so the kind of the rules around it just so you see so you're aware so if you want to lift 100 kilos first off your attempt at squat you'll tr- attempt that first you go down come back up out of the hole of the squat uh, if you're successful you get the green light you can move up to a high weight if you miss the lift so you cream in or you fall over or you're not able to lift it you have to stay at that level you can't go down and wait so it's critical of strategic planning so to speak of how you start your lift so normally the way I do it is you get an easy lift in your middle one is kind of your PB or maybe just under and then if you're feeling fruity on the day your third lift is you go big, go big or go home and then you hope for the best yeah, cause so if, if you have a shocker on let's say you know your first lift you, you go too heavy and then you've got to match that weight again like uh, or can you go lower could you say like if you lifted 100 you could drop down to 90 because I suppose you could you could really like tie yourself out and then be like oh shit I've got to lift that again yeah yeah exactly oh, no, oh god it's horrendous like if, where did I do it I think I'd done it uh, just before European Championships opening up on a weight I think it was deadlift and I thought I can ease I've done this in training lifted just on the day one of them things like we'll talk about later psychology just not in the headspace of it lifted it and it felt horrendous it felt like oh the world and then it rocks your confidence throughout the next like two or three lifts and what you've got in you especially if you cream in as well and that first lift is like oh my dear god and that's what I find really interesting when we, when we start talking about the psychology side of it is because you th- you think it's almost like a um, a sport of like you've done it so many times before you know you can lift I don't know let's say yeah whatever 150 whatever units for whatever reps you know sorry one rep um, and you're like yeah I know I do that so I turn up on the day and I, and I just do that but actually I suppose you can have bad days and, and maybe oh. amazingly good days and like what plays into making a good day or a bad day um, I, 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 I think that'd be really interesting to like kind of hear your thoughts on 
on that. Did you, did you have a preference of the three versus the, the, the squat, the, the bench and the... Oh, they've evolved over the years. Like, clearly everyone loves a bit of bench because bench is one of them and chess Mondays, everyone always changed bench. Um, the first thing you do when you're like 14 and you go to the gym for the first time. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. that bench. <laughs> uh, and then it changed the deadlift because it's just that absolute manly bit of the sport of just lifting heavyweight off the ground standing up like the likes of Eddie Hall do you know who Eddie Hall is yeah. world's strongest man always stretches as far as Eddie Hall yeah so I, I, I met him so it was, that was like, like my little hero moment shaking his hand he is absolutely massive uh, but yeah because he doesn't look like a fit guy does he if you didn't know you'd no. be like what you know he's a real kind of like but I suppose it's just pure strength and and you know toning or whatever doesn't maybe matter as much I don't know nah so, yeah, again the sport evolves like years ago it used to be how big you are it doesn't matter what mass size you are whether you're fat or just a fitter bloke it used to be just how big you can get because mass moves mass in essential science um, but then I think this people looking into more of the sport obviously it's not good for your health so if you look at the athletes now they've started to reduce their fat contents and started to try and build up maximum muscle with the minimum of fat oh, okay. and just in terms of like improving their, their long term health not for a performance gain or, or is there a sort of performance gain I think you you must lose what your overall output is like lifting wise but again longevity of of the sport I think Eddie Hall nearly died so when he lifted 500 kilo uh, which is a world record um, for about three four years yeah exactly he had to go again we'll probably delve into a bit more but he went to like a psychotherapist and uh, he had to imagine he got taught he didn't speak about too much of what the the thought process was but the overall thing was he had to think about like his kids dying and getting trapped under a car and he had to survive and he had to try and get them up and that was like his little his little picture in his head what he had to do to try and mentally get into that space of lifting 500 kilo uh, let's uh, go into this by the way let's not stick to the structure this is really interesting wow so uh, to set up this almost like kind of well survival more, maybe even more extreme protecting his 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 kids yeah I found it really yeah. it's like raw power out of himself yeah so we went it, when I met him it was like a conference it was, he was on stage and it was about 30, 40 of us in the, in the audience and we asked, asked a couple of questions and he spoke about how we got to that 500 deadlift clearly it comes into muscle mass and training and prior preparation to the comp with all your nutrition your lifting your programming your stretching your physio uh, but then he delved in which I didn't really think about to be fair it was like the psychology side of it and like we said then getting into that horrible mindset of like something bad something really dark happening uh, and then that motivating to try and lift that so it's whether that he got into that space where my kids are going to die I need to lift this weight up off them kind of thing uh, but once he lifted that you can see on the video um, his blood his nose starts bleeding so he started popping blood vessels in his nose he collapsed and then as soon as they escorted him off the stage he had to go on a ventilator like breathing because his, his body started shutting down it was that like him, do you like know what it causes like that you know him, him to bleed and stuff is it just his, he's tensing his muscles so much he's like blood pressure goes up hugely or yeah I think majority of blood pressure and then it's just all because you've got yourself into that horrible state of like hyperventilating and trying to get everything like off the floor I think his body was just like there's me I need to stop now and started like closing itself down yeah because it's fascinating isn't it there's that you know um, I know it's occasionally in some of the sort of work stuff you you and I have, have, have maybe done um, you know you get to that slight bit of that um, fear that panic that animalistic side and your brain does shut off to kind of um, you know physical tiredness and stuff isn't it you know you, you get a shock 
you get scared by something suddenly yeah, you forget yeah. how tired you are even if you've been doing something physically hard for the last few days and it's like that animal mind takes over and you know yeah. and you're not feeling sorry for yourself uh, there's got to be some some links links to like how, how you get that out what about you so like competition day what did you have any kind of rituals ways, ways oh, of thinking to fuck, it's weird you know, so help you do well i started powerlifting in 2015 i think i got into it because my mate was like oh do you want to come to this event because i used to train because i used to be a fitness instructor i used to go to the gym anyway i was half decent i was young i was fit i looked half decent uh, and he was like do you want to come down and i was like yeah great mate i'll, I'll come down and Luckily, I come third in an overall competition. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm half decent at this lifting stuff. And then I just carried on from there. So I don't know whether you remember him from previous work. It was Tony down the bottom gin. And yeah, yeah. It's a big Tony. So he got me again into that whole lifting kind of thing. Uh, and I think one of my friends, he, he works at Barclays now, he sent me uh, like a, a cliff on youtube of like inspirational quotes like like from coach carter uh from rocky stuff like that and it plays on repeat and i listened to it once and I was like, things. They're, they're embarrassing to watch but they're oh, actually surprisingly motivated so, which is not for seven or eight years i listened to the same one <laughs> over and over so i don't listen to like like beatboxing music or like rave music it's just that playing over i could like probably recite it as soon as i like, can start listening to it uh, but uh, so a lot today. So like, there's two people I think when competing, whether it's in powerlifting, sports, swimming. So like Michael Phelps, the swimmer, he sits there just listens to music, calms himself down, and like composes himself with the likes of uh, Usain Bolt. Yeah, yeah, Usain Bolt is like a bit of a, a showboat. He comes out on onto the track, doing all his like arm movements and stuff like that, and he gets himself hyped up, gets the crowd going, and then he competes in that. But they both overall hit the same target, I suppose. But just two. Men to do it but personally is it because yeah because they seem like completely different like one's like exciting the mind isn't it and one is kind of trying to do completely the opposite um yeah, but, but mention, by the way what you what to what level you competed am i right it was the european championships yeah yes and, and you did you you did quite well you, you podiumed in in certain events yeah it? so I, I started off doing british champs um so i qualified for that doing just a, a low level powerlifting. um so it was it's called single lifts so that is you do bench you do squat and you do dead uh, deadlift um so that's one competition we do one pair one or it's called four power where your points go towards everything you lift so whether it's squat bench on dead all them points go together with single lift your points are singularly on them each discipline so I qualified for squat and I missed out on the other two because I came fourth so that the day the squat I qualified so I come third in that in British Nationals that took me to European Championships where I come first in it uh, it was it was such like a it was really really good but no one was there because it was over in Ireland none of my like peer group or anything was coming over my wife couldn't come with me so it was me just motivating myself it was like self-motivating over there yeah that's uh, like how did your yeah how um yeah what what would you usually have if you, if you had yeah loads of your mates they're supporting you and then in this situation here where you came across it maybe was it unexpected I suppose you weren't kind of prepared that there was going to be yeah. quiet and, and so- it was definitely out of my comfort zone doing it so normally when we compete there's a, there's a gang of us always go powerlifting and we all compete against each other and it's not weirdly powerlifting is solely it's like a one man sport but off the podium it's a, a team sport like if you forget your wraps or you forget a belt someone's there with a belt as you chalk and everything. it's a bit of a, a team sport 
sport off the podium and everyone like encourages you to which I really love about the sport um, so normally when we compete it's like me and a mate and we always compete we're the same weight same lift I mean it's nudge and nudge the whole way up um, this time though peer pressure as well like yeah exactly feeling weak like peer pressure will overcome that exactly yeah 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 but going over to Northern Ireland uh, it was where was it I can't remember what was it it was over in Northern Ireland somewhere I flew over by myself uh, I've seen a couple of people like, with faces I knew from the British Nationals but they were, they weren't in my like group of people I knew but uh, stepping up to the podium I, I'd done my first lift happy with that and I went from 190 squat I went up to 195 and I got a little bit too like excited all hyped up and then have you seen smelling salts before? Yeah, they they like an old like Victorian thing. Yeah, so that you can buy them now and you sniff them and it, it like blows your nose off. Oh, really? So you sniff them and then the contact behind it just gets you a bit more angry. So I'm quite calm and collective anyway. But before I get on the platform I need to like it's like a switch, it goes from like calm to like you need to like get through this kind of thing and it gets like proper aggressive, a hyperlembulating stop yeah, tensing in. That's how we first this is how it prompted me to first have this conversation. Uh, we were in the office and you showed us a video we saw a video of you getting like slapped on the back I think it was by your wife actually yeah yeah on, and uh and and we're obviously all taking the piss of course we're going to but it, it, it definitely strikes some interest in me like oh wow this is you know, somebody knows what they're doing you know they're not doing this for kind of like bants with the boys you know this is in lockdown with you know with with your partner it's just I was, and, and that fascinated me the psychology side of like shifting some of this huge weight yeah I'll, I'll talk about the European champs I'll finish that off yeah, quickly sorry, I'll talk no, about sorry. I'll talk about lockdown so that was a different story that but yeah I hit that 195 went up to the podium got too excited and I creamed in at the bottom I clipped the uh, the side of squats and threw me off and they had to come and catch it um, so the bloke in the area said what are you going for next because I stopped on that level I couldn't go low I had to either go 195 again and my target was 200 and I said I come to do 100, 200 mate but oh, I'll just go 197 I don't think I'm going to get it and he was like you come here to do 200 why are you not going for it and I was like oh no, I've just fucking hit that thing there and I don't think I'm going to do it and he was like well I'm putting you down to 200 oh, oh right no worries so I walked off I had to compare myself on my little tube on again listen to all these inspirational quotes went out on the platform and 200 is the most I've ever lifted at that point or I haven't lifted 200 the most I've ever lifted is 197 and a half so it, sound, it doesn't sound like two and a half kilo but two and a half kilo is like a massive amount to put on your squat so I ended up stepping under it everyone was cheering I think they knew my name by then was Pez everyone was like oh Pez everyone was screaming on the platform and you just kind of tune out went for it dropped come back up and I got the got the uh, the lift so I was uh, really made up when you did it was there ever a point in your mind that was like oh I could have done a bit more no, that was me like, maxing out. No, no, that was me, like, absolutely. Yeah, that was me. I was surprised my <laughs> spine didn't pop out the bottom of me. <laughs> I stood back up and it was just like, oh, thank God I got through that. <laughs> More than anything. Was that the person, like, uh, neck who came second, what, what sort of weight did they lift? Uh, I think they only got, I say only, they only got, like, about a 185, 190. Oh, so you were you're good way ahead. Yeah, yeah. But in terms, it is a good lift and I'm really proud of that, 200. Uh, I think since then we moved to lockdown uh, and luckily before lockdown I brought a load of gym equipment so I've got about uh, I think it was about 250 kilos worth of weights in the garage a squat rack and a bench and that's all I need uh, so I've 
I was bored for ages, couldn't go out for I don't like running, so I sacked off, I just started lifting um, and just started going for the motions, I got bored, so I went to a bloke called Delroy McQueen, uh, who's a powerlifter uh, coach, so I thought if I pay him someone to coach me, I'm going to I'm gonna have to do it, so I paid about 90 quid I think for about six months. I mean, that's a great one, isn't it, like for anyone in life, like, you know, set yourself up so that you're, you're forced by, by social pressure again isn't it it's peer pressure of like you put yeah. someone oh I'm going to come and work out with you or I'm going to do some project with you and suddenly you're like I, I try to do it financially as well like I'll, I'm setting up a little business at the moment and I know if I've actually committed some money into it oh, I'll probably actually force myself to yeah exactly I'm too tight to leave it <laughs> But uh, yeah, I used that. So you had to send him videos every. I think it was every session just to see how it go. He could seek me, give me points for next time, kind of thing. I also used Instagram as like a, a record of my achievements. So throughout the week, I post every video what I'd done. One, I could keep track of track record of it. Two, I could see myself. And it's weird. I don't know whether you've done it yourself, but if you film yourself lifting, sometimes like who's squat an example, you do a couple of reps. You're like, freaking hell, that was so hard. That you look back at the video and it flies up and down. You're like. So it must be all on my head. So again, it's like that psychology thing, looking back from the outside perspective of it. Well, you, think, um, you know, your form was all over the place because you were yeah, yeah. Away, and actually look back, you don't know it's quite clean. And yeah, and then but that set you off the next set. Then thinking, well, I've got this and that looked alright, so I must must be alright kind of thing. I, but, love, uh, I, I love the anything that's like um, a kind of mind hack, a quick win. Because I think with any sort of like I don't know, trying to think about your psychology and stuff, it can be so easy to like make it into these grand principles and stuff but actually practical like little things that you can do like that with the video like oh yeah what, what a great little idea that you know you wouldn't necessarily you wouldn't really th- have thought of or something something I wouldn't have thought of are, are there any other kind of like little hacks that you have you know through whether it's training or, or competing that you kind of like rely on sometimes yeah I think visual visualisation is a massive one for me I think I do it throughout whether that's sports or with my degree currently I envision like the end goal and it sounds probably cheesy but in terms of like lifting from that perspective before a comp and during the comp I'm visualising that end goal of we'll use squat again as an example hitting that 200 need to hit that and then that takes me up for that lift um, in terms of that crossover from using that in sport again this the dissertation what I'm doing I want to sack it some night it's crap it's too hard to do I haven't got the motivation to do it but visualising when I'm going to sleep and visualising that the end goal of where you'll have NBA after your name or think of the door, doors it's going to like open once you've completed that I think that switch in my brain just keeps me going and that keeps me that self-motivation to try and complete something or lift something so I think it crosses over quite nicely in, in and out of sports that's really interesting isn't it because it's about getting those uh, I don't know about you but uh, sometimes if you're getting into something difficult difficult, it's really easy to like especially if, you, if you're if you're about to approach it and you're in that positive mindset to think that you'll always be in that positive mindset um, and forget that we all go through ups and downs and actually like maybe have it being pre-armed with that those visualisation techniques is taking some of that stuff from when you're in the positive mindset and you're like yeah sweet I want to do this hard thing um you know that, that has good great reward and and like storing it up so that when you're in that low and you're thinking just like oh my god i want to you know i want to take a break i want to you know have something to eat or oh, poor example but you know what i mean you, i want to get away from it i want to run away from this yeah, yeah do you think it's something about like storing up those those good time thoughts or do you think it's something about just the fact that it's gone through your brain already 
means it's less mentally taxing because it's kind of like running through a well a, a more well-oiled neuron you're not having to think about it for the first time but it's not one extra stress I don't know yeah, what you yeah. sort of take, take on, on it I think because you relive it over and over again well I do anyway um, I think it becomes the norm so that being comfortable un- being uncomfortable in the com- or comfortable in uncomfortable situation I think reliving that over and over and again it's like going through a plan once you know the plan it's easier to execute um, so I think that visualisation helps me um, achieve whether it's lifting and crossover to play choirs or dissertation or whatever I think that just helps me massively visualise that end goal of me achieving that and that keeps me driving forward and also that that factor that we talked about also about that kind of social pressure about the people being there you know going for the actual European champs and and there weren't the people that you were used to did that mess with your kind of like visualisation usually maybe you would have thought oh cool I'm going to be there I'm going to lift the weight everyone's going to kind of whatever I mean it's probably not this but you know what I mean everyone's going to be like psyched up and and the team's going to be really excited about my success and then suddenly like oh that, that, that team bit of it that social pressure bit of it like isn't yeah. there as you're expecting did that almost like throw your your visualisation or oh, yeah as soon as I got there and there was no one there and you I was instantly out of my comfort zone like normally you can have a little chat to someone and think I oh, don't feel it today and someone oh you'll be alright mate you've, you've done loads of this before or I've seen you squat before you'll be fine I think what again was a, a catalyst to making me feel better or the motivation was when I was in my last place they provided me £600 to go and spend on kit and equipment because they said I was going to the European Championships they sponsored me uh, so Mickham College sponsored that money gave me £600 I got a t-shirt made and I took a picture and stuff and I didn't want to let anyone down so if I lost if, if I come second second sounds still really good but I did not want to come back with a second place trophy especially when they provided that much money and it, it meant so much to me as well I got like a new bells new shoes new wraps and all provided for this European champ so the build up was like six months and everyone knew about it in my last place in my work and I was like how's it going I got a magazine article written about me so it was that like hype and then I, I, I just couldn't fail uh, yeah like, that guilt thing is massive all that that like not wanting to come back and look like an idiot and, yeah. and this is a shame yeah, isn't it as humans we're such social creatures aren't we and we as much as we all want to say we're you know it's we're, we're we're individuals who don't need other people's kind of validation or support but you know we're fundamentally from like caveman times so yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a huge thing isn't it like I always think that um, yeah when doing that difficult thing either feeling guilty about or, or a bit embarrassed to sort of come back or that side of um I think sometimes you talk about some of those like little tricks and things I, I know something I've done not, not in anything as extreme as you, you have but um that uh Oh, actually, um, I know some of my mates who who would like to be here in my shoes right now. They'd like to be taking on this difficult challenge, and they're almost like not they're envious of me, but um, you know they'd love to be here. So therefore, like I don't want to squander that challenge because somebody else would really like this opportunity right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm here actually doing it. I, I don't know. I always felt that was quite a comforting thing when when doing some some challenging stuff with the, with the work I did. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think confidence comes from like you need to be confident something like that and I think I suppose it goes across all life really confidence you push your chest out I think Jordan Peterson goes into one of his, one of the vice rules of uh, the lobster being the most dominant one put your chest out and walk forward kind of thing and if you look like you know what you're doing people will just assume that you're a good bloke kind of thing and he, talk, and he talks loads about the, like actually physical acts of literally um, doesn't he talk about the kind of like 
putting your arms in the air and stuff like that before things genuinely like changes your kind of like you know briefly changes your psychology to feel confident doing like confident body language and stuff yeah it's crazy isn't it to think like stupid little stuff like that yeah just walking around with a present just helps I think like competition wise or if you if I do a like hard session like I know it's going to be a hard session deadlift or squat or benching it's, if I step up to the platform and I have the slightest bit of doubt where it goes I don't think you're going to get this mate I won't lift it I won't be able to do it I need that fake confidence to start me off going easy this easy you've got it and then I'll be able to do it but as, if it's slightest bit of doubt creeps in just a little nip in my brain going it's going to be heavy this I won't be able to do it I'll cream in halfway through and I just have to sack it which really annoys me what um so we talked about right at the beginning we talked about those two techniques um you know the Usain Bolt and the the Phelps yeah like where where would you say to me it seems like the Phelps thing doesn't line up with how how you get kind of prepared for it or or, or, or would you disagree do you think do you think more of the kind of because you did say you listen to music beforehand you visualise which is maybe what he's doing and yeah. and then but then it's also kind of about that kind of like getting getting a bit angry and, and stuff I think it's so like that is, there, is that a third category? I think it's like a controlled aggression I do and I think we learn it throughout our job as well on when to switch it on I, I, I imagine my brain I've got little switches along the along the top my switch for powerlifting is I'll compose myself and visualise me lifting it tell myself it's easy you've got this in the bag you've done it before kind of thing as soon as I take them headphones off I step the platform I start pacing up and down just before I go on because you get a call and notice for about 30-40 seconds before we step onto the platform I I patrol so to speak up and down just behind the platform like getting more angry more angry and psyching myself up trying to get this like adrenaline uh, adrenaline running through my body kind of thing I imagine it's like a lion prowling up and down the cage trying to get out I step the platform sniff them salts and that's me like in the game ready to rip someone's face off take lift it up and then not to the ref and that's me done running controlled again back down to mellow how how quickly does it take you if you're you know competition mode you got pumped up you've done your lift let's say you've succeeded in the lift is that a, is it an instant switch just back off or, or have you got a kind of a, a cool down period yeah it's more of a cool down period I like that if I if it's the top ends when you start trying to be either hitting your PB again or trying to pass that PB I end up shaking afterwards I don't know whether it's the fact of pure adrenaline in the assaults what are in your nose everyone's staring at it. it's like everyone's clapping you on uh, it's adrenaline rush I think it takes me a good two three minutes to like calm down I'm like shaking kind of thing and then slowly ease back in but it's a motion roller coaster throughout the whole day because you're up and down like trying to psych yourself up calm yourself down because you don't want to be too psyched that you're mentally fucked by the time you like third or four lift you want to like chill out it's like a burnout of almost like yeah yeah too early um and and then I suppose you can only sustain it for so long yeah and as well as you're trying to strategically plan your next lift because then you're looking at someone else who's just lifted before you and they've lifted the same you're like right okay I need maybe I'll push two kilo you push two kilo and it's that chaser trying to master who's going to lift the most do you, do you try and use the other person for uh, do you use that competition do you use that oh that guy's just outdone me or do you sort of say no it's a, it's a one you know this is about me versus myself no it's not me versus myself like sometimes it is I tell all like Sounds people who start doesn't it yeah yeah no one wants to come last do they at the end of the day you're there to win I tell all the beginners who want to start powerlifting I believe it's you compete against yourself to a certain level when you start to get really into it and then you can pick out your like when you run a, a PFA 
you, you can start to run, run around, you start picking people off thinking, right, I can catch you, I, I can do that, right, I'll lift a little bit more than you, and you start strategically planning lifts. Um, but I think when you start off, I think hitting your PB is what you should be doing anyway. Don't worry about your weight categories because it goes on weight. Don't worry about your weight, just lift as much as you can and compete yourself. Yeah, so some, some really interesting stuff there um, about competition. I think it's fascinating how it isn't just about, you know, you turning up and lifting the weight you know you can lift, um, which an outsider might think about a sport like powerlifting, but actually <laughs> you, you can make or break it um, on, on your psychology or uh, on how you approach it. I'm also interested in terms of training, you know, um, again, as an outsider, I can imagine it's a lot of weeks, a lot of months, to build to, to chuck around to the kilos um, and, and how you kind of maintain focus on a sport that actually some people might think is, is, is kind of boring you know you're doing three lifts that's it how do you how do you do that for months yeah I think so slicking quickly back to, to lockdown and I think I hit the, the highest levels of like weight I've lifted in whatever so I think I, I got up to a 250 kilo deadlift uh, 215 squat and a 150 bench and um, again that psychology of getting there was my motivation was probably just getting up in the morning like I, I assume everyone in, in lockdown had that zero motivation like the lack of motivation going to do anything um, but again probably helping with that is just having a purpose I think my purpose is to go to the gym I, I need to keep fit I, I pride myself on my this probably sounds quite vain but my looks I don't want to have a, a dad bod, so to speak, kind of thing. Uh, I'm laughing at the dad bod at the moment. So. <laughs> but that, yeah, that's not against people think, oh, fucking hell. But that's not me being vain or anything. That's just my personal preference. I, I, I've got nothing against people who, who don't who want to go to the gym. That's not it's up to them kind of thing. But my motivation probably is just, it's probably just habit. I've trained for that long. Whether that's doing CrossFit, running, lifting, and just going to the gym, being a, a gym bro. Yeah. Uh, the motivation interesting, like without the competition at the end of it because you know you still go at the moment and yet am i right you've not got a competition you're at the training for at the moment personally no, I don't know. whereas like i don't know, I don't know back in the days when i had a bit of fitness i sort of had to have something i was training for you know is it going to be an ironman triathlon or some sort of like running long distance running race or something like that there had to be a motivation i just couldn't be asked and yeah. again it's in that visualisation when I couldn't be arsed and I was on the bike for whatever hour it was of, of a ride I would probably without thinking it was visualisation was thinking I want to be an Ironman I want to be an Ironman I want to be an Ironman you know and that yeah. simplistic little thought probably kept I think if I'm honest at the minute I don't know how you do I'm, I'm struggling at the minute if I'm honest because I've got yeah, like you say I've got nothing to train for at the minute I'm, if you want to say it's just maintaining level so I'm not getting too strong I'm not getting too chubby I'm maintaining what half look like. I'm doing a bit of cardio now and again, uh, just because I haven't got that competition. Because my priority, as I get older, I think I just don't, not that I don't care enough, but I don't mind looking a bit chubby now and again because my dissertation is priority at the minute. So sticking between priorities is a key one. Um, but yeah, I'm struggling at the minute to find motivation and find a partner who wants to do the same with you. Like it's that. Again, teamwork. I, I'm a massive team player, and like, if you don't want to go to the gym in the morning, come on, right, we'll get there. And then you don't want to let that other person down, kind of thing. Uh, that's well, a probably. It's harder to find, you know, if the right terms a lifting partner, but someone, someone to, to do the exercises with you, similar. And I guess you want someone of a similar sort of weight and similar level of experience. 
is that just by chance at the moment where you work and there's, there's not the right people there or is I think it... everyone like we've, we've tried to push powerlifting um, as like a sport for ages and it's not classed as sport I don't think anymore like in the Olympics you've got weightlifting that's classed as a sport I think it's just classed as a hobby and I think I don't know how but like the fishing is a sport or powerlifting is not a sport which grips me uh, but I think everyone just thinks powerlifting needs to be this big, massive, grizzly bloke who's got hair everywhere and he's huge and lifts some huge amounts of weight. The amount of people I've seen it competing and you think, bloody hell, you're not that big there. And you step on the platform, you're like, Jesus Christ, how the hell have you just lift that? Uh, because the density of muscles, like, you don't have to be massive. Just because you're massive doesn't mean you lift loads either. So you get all these gym bros and who just do hypertrophy like, exercise and get massive. They probably can't even lift that much. But trying to find a partner in terms of that, it's just having that same mentality of, I just want to go to the gym, I want to lift bigger weights. And someone who's winning. Sorry, use that, that's so I'd probably be just doing high amount of reps. So that's probably what everyone probably does in the gym, to be fair, just doing loads of reps, loads of sets, just to try and get big. It just increases your muscle mass, but doesn't actually increase the density of it. So like the, the strength kind of thing. Have to do fewer fewer reps of higher weight, is it to get? Yeah, so if you're doing like hypertrophy, you could do between four to five sets of say between ten and twenty reps. That would increase muscle mass. Where depending on what stage of my training cycle, so you need to build. So I quickly talk through training cycle. Training cycle start off with doing hypertrophy stuff. So you'll do that. So I'll use four times ten. So that would be four sets of ten reps. What that does then builds muscle on your legs. We'll use squat as an example. Once you've done that for X amount of weeks, you'll then move on to your strength phase. And that's where you start lowering the reps. You'll do maybe three to four sets of between six to eight reps uh, as a building block. And that'll increase your strength then as well. And the final stage is where you really ramp it up. Um, and you'll start to do maybe two to three sets of two to three reps. And that's working at your maybe 80, 90% mark of like your one rep max. How long are these phases? Are these is this in a single um, session or is this over like weeks or like? Yeah, so this is over. So using my COVID one as an example, it took me about nine, ten months. Um, but again, it depends on your training program. You can get ones what last maybe two, three months. But the, the the more you try and peak, the quicker you try and peak, the less you've increased your overall one max. Because if you at my level now, if I increase my squat by ten kilo, ten kilos in a year. That is massive, but it doesn't sound a lot because if you pick a 10 kilo plate in the gym, it's not that heavy. Um, but if you're a newbie who doesn't really squat a lot, you probably put on within maybe four to six months, probably 20, maybe 30 kilo on your squat. So a lot of it comes down to efficiency in the lift uh, and technique throughout the lift. So deadlift is probably one of them ones everyone tries to avoid because it's, I've heard my back doing that before. Uh, or it, it looks a bit dangerous that. But a lot of it is just technique. Once you've got the technique right, it's safe. I use the PPE provider, so a belt. Uh, I wear a gum shield as well, which some people have never seen before. What's the gum shield for? So it's not like a full gum shield. All it does is like maybe two blocks of, I'll say plastic, in the back of your mouth. And all that does is line your jaw. So when you're tensing, everything is aligned. So everything in powerlifting is trying to keep in an efficient line gravity moves up and down straight so if you try and tense your jaw my when i try and bench my jaw pops out so by putting like this special mouth guard in my jaw it realigns my jaw and i can tense 
uh, and everything's been nice and tight. Teeth as well from getting cracked. Yeah, protect your teeth, protect like your jaw, protect your neck as well. Uh, the likes of Four Beyonce and Eddie Hall, they use it as well. It's just something else you can grip and tight when you lift them. Oh God, I never would have thought of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, and the other bits of equipment you were saying is the the weightlifting belt. And yeah. I've seen those in the gym, and you can tell how much of a you know uh, a shit gymmer I am that I don't own one. I don't. Really, what 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 do they do exactly? So you so you've got two types of belt. You've either got the prong belt, what probably everyone's seen, where like it's normal, like you know, like a normal belt. You pull it to one side, put the prongs through the holes, and then push it through like the overlap. And then you've got a like a flick belt or like a. Uh, a clasp belt where you can just flick the side and it opens the belt up straight away. So what the belt does there, it's just it's like a bit of PPE basically. So you put it around your mid area. So when you squat, you brace your stomach so you take a beef breath, a big breath in into your stomach area, and that makes all that central bit nice and solid. And what you can do is push against that belt, and that that stops your spine or anything moving. So any yeah, yeah. Any slight movements, especially when you start lifting towards your 80-90% mark with one rep max, it's quite dangerous. So if you've got a bit of PPE and you brace correctly, that stops that uh, movement in your spine and the flexion. So you've seen people where they try and squat on the end of like a quaver, bending over. That's because they haven't braced properly. Yeah, and the same with deadlift. Are there any other things that, it, you know, if you've got someone listening and they're like, oh, this sounds like actually, you know, I, I, I like the idea of this. Um pitfalls or things to kind of watch out for as, as someone getting new into the sport like I, i'd imagine you see lots of people uh new to powerlifting and and just absolutely messing it up and potentially risking hurting themselves yeah yeah i, I take it light to start with and i don't know whether you've heard this before but a thousand reps is what it should be to try and get that ingrained that movement's ingrained so you're doing it perfectly obviously you need to be doing it perfectly from the start but a thousand reps I'll get that motor memory where you can just walk and then it carries straight away um, so I'd keep it doing hypertrophy so high reps um, low weight just to get that movement pattern because it's quite abnormal sometimes so especially deadlifting it's weird when you set up correctly and you try and set people up that way they've never lifted that, that before so it's getting that uncomfortable position to then feel comfortable when you do it in the future I mean, I feel like my deadlift is probably awful. Like, it's the one of the three that I can actually shift. You know, nothing near what you could do, but a reasonable amount of weight. <laughs> and I just always feel like, oh, I'm going to hurt myself one day. It's because... probably the, the, the. It's always the one when you see in the gym, you think, oh god, you're going to hurt yourself, mate, because they look like a, a quaver trying to lift something up, shaking. You're like, oh my dear god, mate. <laughs> yeah. yeah so it's, I remember your your tip from earlier in the in the episode video myself maybe and that will yeah definitely yeah I, I yeah i'd suggest that i think you can you can always find yourself up and like familiarize yourself on youtube uh but i'd suggest videoing yourself just for self clarification you can you can tell when you're doing being yourself everyone's quite self-critical uh doesn't matter what level you are and um, but if you look yourself in a video you can tell where you're going wrong you can try and correct that so back onto the you know not less about my boring uh, terrible lifting style um, more actually hearing your sort of story what you know when you're training for, for all, all that time and, and you kind of didn't have that you now sort of don't have that motivation to perhaps as much as you used to without the competition at the end um, is that something that you think would be a quick fix like right cool I'll just sign up for another competition or do you think you're in that kind of like interesting thing that they they often talk about you know with the Olympians and things like that is they've like 
you know they've achieved their olympic gold medal and then then kind of like well now what i can all i can do is sort of do it again and that's not as motivating as doing it the first time do you, do you feel like you're in that space where you're like i need a completely new or semi-new sport to give me that motivation again or do you think do you think you love the sport enough that you, you could come back and and and, and, and go for yeah i can definitely relate to that i think once i hit i think it was 2019 maybe i think it was european champs maybe 18 once i hit that i was like i've won it where do, where do i go from here uh so i probably had about a good six months off i still went to the gym but i was just not competitive i was just going in and lifting a couple of heavy weights now and again just maintaining again um i've done that attended a couple of low level powerlifting comps just for a free t-shirt and a, a bag of protein kind of thing uh, and then COVID kicked in I got back into it again because it motivated me again uh, and then coming out of that you get nervous like stepping on that platform you're showing what 100 people what you can do uh, so stepping on that platform was really scary sometimes and it, it gives you the jitters so I started shying away from it from a bit uh, and just again just maintain the training so to speak but I think now I, I do enjoy powerlifting but it, it takes so much out of you in terms of like mental, like through some of the sessions you go a lift like 80-90% of your one rep max at a good couple of paces, which doesn't sound that much, but you put it on the bar and you squat and then you've got to take at least five minutes in between each rep to try and get your rep back or try and get that, like your strength back low or high enough that you can go again, but not too much that you're taking half an hour in between and losing the, the value of it. Uh, but again, powerlifting community probably kill me, kill me, but I wouldn't mind giving CrossFit a go. The only thing that puts me off is there's so many different movements and it takes so many hours of work to try and get half good at some of that stuff. That's the only thing that puts me off. And sorry, that motivation to go more into CrossFit um, was not so much the different side of it. It was just that you're saying that um, it, it's a quicker session, like you don't have to spend so much of your day doing it. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's a new challenge as well. Like, yeah. Granted, achieving another PB is a massive challenge, but it's just that switch fires or something new, thinking, well, I'll give it a go. Let's see if I can be half decent at that as well. And I'm quite competitive. I say I'm not, but I'm horrendously competitive, uh, especially lifting as well. I need to be trying to be the best at it. So, but yeah, I think CrossFit would be a good crossover. And with that, so if you went into CrossFit with that competitiveness, would you have to go and train like Rocky in the dark, stealth train, and then turn up knowing what you're doing rather than turn up and probably be like yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it would be I know for a fact my cardio is not up to standard so I could probably outlift the majority of crossfitters they're saying that's a gobby shell but the cardio wise would let me to savagely down and I'm not willing not to go run yeah and then, and then the whole problem of training alone again if you if you want to get rocky in the hills then you can, yeah exactly yeah you don't have that, that, that weird self-motivation I think it's just creating a habit as well. It becomes a habit of just training. Because it's, it's interesting you say that bit of competition. Because I, I don't know. I always, um, and maybe it's linked to that thing of just it, you know, competition is nice when you're winning, but it's not nice when you're not winning. And maybe I'm just crap at, at, at sports. But I used to sometimes find training for yeah things like the iron distance race and in triathlon and that is I'd, I'd, I'd much prefer doing it on my own and if i went with other people i know you know you're out on a bike ride and you just get faster and faster and faster and faster and then you realize oh, that isn't the session i wanted to do i want to do a long slow one and we've just knackered ourselves out over 20k right and we wanted to you know ride for 100k and that would get me really wound up that i sort of let myself get into that pe- that petty competitiveness i think i'd almost avoid competitiveness 
because um, I thought for training it wasn't very useful and so to just keep it in the bag for race day and I like that idea of, of, of people not expecting you to do well and then sort of turning up and, and doing it right um, I, so I think I could probably do a lot better at powerlifting but I go in with 60% effort probably my mate he, he through training he is ready he goes every session hits every session hits all the weights I'll go in the gym I'll train if I don't feel like lifting 180 today I'll go 170 or 160 and he's like you're not going to make it on, on on game day you're going to be falling behind isn't it well we'll see what happens he calls it the PES method but all the time I'll, I think it's pure I'll grit and determination again that switch of anger get me through it because he, he creams him on race day or race day on lift day and I always surpass them most of the time. That's just that grit and determination. I think that's something to do with like, there's always that, that common thing of uh, overtraining and, and discussions of whether it's a thing or, or to what extent. I just listen to, I think I listen to, I'm good to listen to my body. If I don't feel like doing it that day, I'll, I'll chin it off. Yeah. Which probably sometimes is not good, but it's worth for me. And I apply the PES method to most things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I'm keen to finish off this episode with any you we talked about earlier on about top tips practical things people can, can go and take away maybe stuff for, for some guys new new to the sport um if you've got any like words of wisdom that you've you've not shared so far uh, we'd love to hear them before before we, we wrap up yeah I'd, I'd go with goal setting set yourself a goal whether that's either a pb of lifting or just attending the gym six times in a month i think setting your end goal and then set micro goals in terms of let's try and train three times a week. Now, three times a week is is enough for strength. Like some people say, oh, I'll go to the gym six, seven times a week. Training or resting is as important as, as, uh, as training. I, I only train three, maybe four times a week. And that's me done. I think that would shock a lot of people. Yeah, and they're not long sessions either. They're maybe 45 minutes to an hour, maybe. Maybe they extend slightly when I'm lifting bigger weights just because I need the rest in between. But there's nothing, there's only about three or four exercises in that hour session, and that's me doing them. Um, nutrition is probably a, a good one. Make sure you're getting enough protein and carbohydrates in to recover. Uh, are, you, are you big big on the, the protein shakes, or are you kind of like it's overkill, you know, you, you get enough in a healthy diet? I've heard different things. Yeah, if, if you can eat, eat. Um, again, when I was going through quite a bit of training, I think chicken to chicken, you can go to Asda and buy premium chicken or you can go to Aldi and buy frozen chicken. Chicken is chicken at the end of the day. I used to buy the cheap stuff from Iceland. I think it was a, a kilo for a bag of chicken. Uh, oh no, yeah, a kilo bag of chicken was about five. So like protein molecules. Like, you know. Yeah, exactly. They're all, it equals the same outcome. Um, so if you need chicken and rice, it's probably bland, but it's easy to do. Um, protein, it's there if you need convenience. If you can't cook or you're a bit lazy, take protein. It's going to be better than not taking protein, any protein in. So, uh, and equipment. Uh, yeah, if, if, if for some reason you can't make a, a decent meal, it's just like a backup option. Like Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think equipment probably comes into it as well. I buy, buy a good belt. Don't buy like the Gold's Gym Velcro belts. I don't rate them that much. Um, buy a good belt. Strength Shop is probably a good starting point. Uh, and you get what you pay for you pay They're cheap not a sponsor everybody <laughs> yeah but they do want to sponsor me <laughs> yeah uh, a belt some wrist straps what strengthen your wrists so they don't um, buckle under the pressure maybe a good set of squat shoes that should be a, a good starting point I think being really flat shoes is that right really flat shoes uh, again that, uh, it depends on your flexibility and your ankles 
if you're a really flexible person your calves and stuff you can wear the likes of converse um or you know like the the olympic lifting shoes have got a bit of a wedge oh, no, i've not seen those but okay yeah interesting and uh, they've got a bit of a wedge in the heel and that just helps with your depth of squat um, but yeah i think just with them and a good program you can you can google and get a couple of free ones when you're beginning it, it doesn't really matter what program on you're going to make progression anyway uh, but i'd seek out earlier these beginners gains like i suppose yeah it to be perfect at that stage does it like no i think consistency is a key as a beginner just get the doms what you're going to suffer for the first two months of training legs because no one likes training legs let's be honest the, the doms what you're going to get are horrendous if you can fight through that and it just becomes a norm then in terms of like your legs get used to it consistency is key yeah yeah interesting no there's um who's that, who's that guy is he that big he's a big bloke i bet he does some lifting like that jocko willenick on his podcast he talks about he was talking about rest days earlier i think it's really interesting yeah, yeah. a few things some different opinions and he says just from a practical perspective he's, he's like i don't set rest days because i know life will give me rest days you know there'll be something they'll be like gonna take his kids somewhere or he's gotta help his wife out with something and he's like rest days are gonna be forced upon me and he's like yeah yeah i just need to not 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 set them down yeah exactly oh yeah uh, yeah that is that's key i think right really interesting episode and our first time we've done a bit of an interview format I, I really enjoyed it actually you know hearing someone who's um you know quite expert in a field um talk about their interesting perspectives and see how that links into other things that uh, i know that i've done and that hopefully the um audience has done and um, yeah fascinating and it's probably motivated me to do maybe not powerlifting, but <laughs> Certainly get in the gym a little bit more. Get back into the gym. Which definitely won't be the worst thing for, for someone with needle arms. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thanks everyone for, for, for tuning in to another episode of Things We Find Interesting. Um, we've got loads more varied topics, all interesting, uh, coming in the next few weeks. Um, and we hope to uh, see you guys listening soon. Thanks. <laughs>